Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop, and we are missionaries at Acts 29. It's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families and leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve its mission. Today's topic, Rick, is praying as a team. We, we are, we're, ta- we're excited to just share with leaders all across the country how to more deeply pray as a team. We're no experts in prayer, to be sure, but we are witnesses to some effective, powerful ways that the Lord's uh, worked in our ministry, the ministry with others. And so we, today we're just going to break open in a practical way. How do we pray as a team? How can we get even better praying as a team? And before we get into that, Nick, it has been a while. Let's just spend a second and share with any listeners, because it is part of leadership. There are times when you have to change the schedule. Our mission includes our personal lives. Our mission includes everything that we're doing every day for our families, for X29, for the church, for our communities. And sometimes you have to change your schedule. So let's share a little bit about what's been going on. And I think you've got the biggest news. Uh, it is big news. Emily, my wife, Emily, and I had baby number four, basically one month ago, as of, the, as of this recording, one month ago today almost. Baby number four, Samuel Caleb Jorgensen. So excited. Our uh, fourth, our third son. So we have Noah, Joseph, Anne, and Samuel now. And uh, so far, it's been great. God's grace has been upon us. Had some sickness and some hiccups in there. <laughs> Pretty much everybody got sick in the house almost immediately coming home from the hospital. So it was been, it's been a challenging month, but it's been, uh, it's been awesome just to soak in uh, the gift of a new life. And it's just beautiful that you've been able to be there with the family, that you've got the Acts 29 family supporting you, behind you. So that's just been great to see. And we're just so happy for you, for Emily and, and, the, and the siblings who have another sibling. That's awesome. We also, since our last episode, along with the rest of the Acts uh, 29 family, have been able to we launched what we call the Institute for Apostolic Leadership or piloting. It's a six-month yeah. parish leadership experience. We're doing it with four pastors and their leadership teams. We've been a part of a big retreat for over 280 deacons and their wives. We've been in Saginaw with Bishop Groose and his leadership team. Just a great, great group there. We're happy to be working with them. The Rescue Project, for those of you who've heard about the Rescue Project, project it's basically exploded into almost every state in America and almost 20 countries in only a, a few months uh, since being launched. The stories coming in of people's lives getting totally transformed by the power of the gospel, hearing the gospel, realizing who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us and how much he loves us is, is, is overwhelming. Like it's overwhelming even now. I can feel the emotion in my heart, like to hear people sharing what God, what only God can do for any of us is, um, It's just glorious. So the Rescue Project is really worth checking out if you've never heard of it. It's such a great way. Our first essential principle, as those of you who have heard our past episodes, the first essential principle is reacquiring a biblical worldview. And I don't know a better way. There are many ways, but this is such a great way as a step, as a tool to reacquire, to re-energize the proclamation of the gospel and reacquiring a biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. It's been fantastic. So with all this great activity with retreats, events, you adding to your family, at the same time, my wife Sue and I 
are trying to remodel our home inside and out, which sits today as a natural disaster as we record this podcast. <laughs> so, so, Nick, life happens as we know, and the people listening, life happens, and that life is part of our mission. And we want to keep ensuring that every part of our personal lives, our family lives, are truly part of the mission that the Lord has put us on, each individually uniquely. So let's get into praying as a leadership team and as leaders. All right, Rick, you open us up today, bro. Okay. And we'll do that with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we again come thanking you with such gratitude for leaders in your church, in your body, in the bride of Christ. We thank you for every leader who has said yes to the call to do your will, to make disciples of all nations, to dedicate their talents, the talents you've blessed them with, to advance the gospel, to bring the good news, to transform hearts and minds, to rescue people. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to be with us today as we record this podcast. We ask that you bless every listener to this podcast, that they can hear you through us. We ask you to speak through us, Holy Spirit. May we be earthen vessels. May we be instruments of your peace, of your hope, of your love, so that these leaders can glorify you in what they do and how they do it. Please give each of them and us the humility to know that we aren't all that, and yet the confidence to know that you are and that we may lead as you've blessed us to lead. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Amen. and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Rick. This topic today, praying as a team, learning to pray as a team, growing in prayer as a team, it's all about prayer. And prayer is at the heart of everything we do at Acts 29 specifically, but it's at the heart of everything we do as disciples. Um, whether we realize it or not, prayer is the lifeblood of discipleship, right? To be a Christian is to is to follow God, and to follow God is, yes, of course, to follow everything He's given us, but it's also to follow His voice today. What is He saying to us today? St. Padre Pio says, prayer is the best weapon we have. It is the key to God's heart. To get really practical today, I'm just going to start by sharing, like, so I've been doing ministry now for the better part of, I don't know, 12, 14 years, something like that, and I, you know, it's a little humbling to say, for the most of that time, I would pray in kind of a just a disintegrated way. I, I was not very integrated in the way I saw prayer. So, so the first way there's a manifest is as a as a leader or as part of a team or as just you know uh, a leader of teams. It would often be the case, very very often be the case that we would come up with an idea, come up with a plan, or be told to execute on something, and we would just do the work, and then as we went about the work, pray that God would bless that work, that he would bless the outcome or the project or the idea or the plan. And and um, so I would just do ministry that way. It felt very human. It felt like a ton of effort. At times, it was very stressful and, and filled with anxiety because everything we were doing felt like it rested on 
on, on me or the person I was working with or whatever it was, because it was very, very much uh, felt from me. And then through X29 and even just beforehand, that started to experience this transition of learning to pray and ask God what he wanted us to do. If we were faced with um, what's next kinds of questions, if we were trying to figure out our strategy, if we were trying to um, execute on a, like a retreat or a conference or a project, whatever it might be, it started to it started to become the habit to go to the chapel and say, Lord, what do you want us to do here? Show us your will. Show us your plan, expecting that he would say something. Um, and then the other way that I, I, I would really fail to see prayers integrated in my life as a, as a disciple, especially leading ministry, was I would see prayer as like disconnected from the quote unquote work day. Like you, you have your eight to five or eight to four or whatever you do. And I would be like, okay, prayer has to happen over here in his own bucket. And then I do work and then I can maybe pray again later. And I wouldn't see these things as integrated. I didn't see prayer in its right order. Prayer is the work of mission. It's not the only part of the work, but it's a critical, it's probably the most important part of the work of mission. And so to see prayer as a leader, so if you're sitting here listening to this, it's to see prayer as a leader, as the Lord has answers to the problems and challenges and questions we face. And prayer is part of the work. It's a key part of the work. So that kind of busts us open, Rick, into this first kind of bullet point here of how am I praying individually as a leader? And so we're not going to talk about how to pray different spiritualities right now in this episode. It's more like you're seeing yourself as a leader or a member of a team and you say, how am I praying? How am I doing here? It's this personal check right now, even just as you hear this. What's my prayer life like? Is it where the Lord wants it to be? Is it where is it where I feel like I'm being led to, or am I am I, am I struggling here? Have I not put as much effort and emphasis here as I need to? And it's not about a pass fail, but it's just a healthy self check. I want to grow. I want to be better. I want to keep improving and growing in my life. And so, how is my prayer life going? And then even taking that question to prayer, how am I doing, Lord? How are you asking me to pray? How are you asking me to grow in prayer with you? So that's the first the first look right here. As we shift to how do you pray as a team, I recall the first experience I had when you, Nick, and Father John, and uh, Deacon Steve Mitchell, and Mary Guilfoyle were just starting with the concept of Acts 29. And you had done some work, strategic planning. You had already been in touch with Patrick Lencioni, which was a good start. And uh, and you had asked me, or he had Father John asked me to come and facilitate some strategic planning with you. And I was still working in the corporate world. I remember coming in and had my same game face on and did my flip charts. And I got the, the, the day set up and the agenda. And I, I distinctly remember we said, okay, let's start with prayer. And it was so strange for me. Now, I had been part of yeah. a lot of church meetings. I've been on you know, parish council and Christian service commission and things like that. And we would pray but we prayed just how you described. We would pray as the first agenda item, and then we get to work. But I remember the power of that prayer. It was clear that each of you knew how to pray. Not that you know mm. totally how to pray, but it was clear that you were praying deeply. And communally, you were praying mm. about that session. And it shifted from what I was so used to, it was about, okay, we start off, it's about me and my ideas and my facilitation. It's going to be about this person and his ideas and that person and her ideas. And what that prayer did, I remember it was such a profound shift. It shifted from me 
and them to him. And that hmm. it was one of these, it was a, it was a calming hmm. sense that it's okay, Rick, it's not so much about your facilitation. And it was, it's not about their ideas and who's going to try to win the day. It was about him. It was about listening. It was, it was, uh, I'm, I'm glad since that time, it was a couple of years ago. Now that I'm with Acts 29, my prayer life, my personal prayer life, and then how we pray is absolutely night and day. As a matter of fact, when I now do any kind of a secular client or a group or I'm on a search committee for university um, and I, I want to be able to say, okay, everybody, it's time to pray. Let's pray about this because I know that there are things that will not get resolved in that meeting. It's going to be a dysfunctional to a certain degree. The best will be is come out of it less dysfunctional. I heard in your testimony there a pressure release. I'm the facilitator. I got to have it together. And it's about my ideas and their ideas and, and, and getting the room to work together too. Oh, wait, the king of the universe just was invited to take primacy of table. And now I'm going to participate in what God's doing in the room instead of trying to quote unquote, lead the room myself. And so what, a, what it I really, really does. And let me add to that, pressure. Nick, even in the prep for the day now, and you and I do it together. Now, when we lay out the mm. agenda, there isn't that pressure of getting the exactly correct agenda. It's actually knowing that that agenda is going to change. It's knowing it. It's laying it out and in designing the session. It's praying, Lord, be with us. Help us to design this so that the conversation, so that the dynamics of the team, so that the prayer goes the, according to your will. And yet it's, and Lord, let us always be in touch because as you shift us, let us hear you. You're listening to this, you're a leader. This is this is how it works. This is the shift and difference it makes. I hope you're hearing it in the testimony. One more, one more to add here, Rick. Just a quick one. My little brother Daniel is a roofer. And a few years ago, he was a foreman. And you know, this is kind of a flying in the face of people saying we can't pray in the secular environments. This is one example. He would he would start the work day on the roof every day. He would invite his team, right? He's the foreman of the team, and say, Hey, you guys, I'm gonna pray for the day. I'm going to pray that God will bless the day. If you want to pray with uh, pray with me, you can. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to say a little prayer to start the day, ask for protection over us, and, and God to bless the work we're doing and that we have a good day working together. If you don't want to be a part of that, no big deal. There's no pressure, but I invite you to do it. And I tell you what, every guy would join him on that roof. Some would take a knee. Some would cross themselves. Some would just say, I, hey, and I'm, not, I'm not Catholic or Christian, but I acknowledge a higher power. But they would join together, say a prayer, and let me tell you what, he, if he was on here, he would tell you all the difference that made in their work together. What a and, shift. Um, that's a secular example. Great right? story. Love that. Now we're praying as a team. We're talking about communal prayer, right? Praying before we do things, not just an agenda item, but actually deeply praying. So two, two, one area we want to talk about right now is the sacraments. And in a particular way, we're referencing the Holy Eucharist and Mass and the Sacrament of Confession. So if you're a pastor, a bishop you're in a, in, a, in a ministry setting in a particular way, just ask yourself the question, are we aware of each other's participation in the sacraments? Like, is it like we just assume it's happening? Do we talk about it? Do we encourage each other to go? Do we set aside time together to do these things? Are, am I saying to the team, I don't want mass to fit in your day. I want you to build your day around the mass, you know? So to the extent possible, prioritize it and try to get there. Don't, don't fit it in. Make the day fit around that 
sacramental prayer life. So it's just it's just a self-check again. Let's keep growing. Let's keep getting even better. I'll always remember the first time when we traveled together at Acts 29, when I was part of the team and mass is every day. And to have that first mass in a hotel room with five of us, with Father John's homilies, <laughs> it was fantastic. And now that is the <laughs> way we operate. Mass is every day, fundamental part of our agenda, no matter where we are. We've done it in conference rooms. We've done it in hotel lobbies. We, you know, we've done it in, uh, in uh, yeah, in just about anywhere. And in beautiful chapels around around the country. Um, and whether it's mass, whether it's time in prayer, whether it's adoration, we've done retreats where we had the Blessed Sacrament there for our discussions. Um, to do that as a team is incredibly powerful. And again, it shifts the focus from my ideas, your ideas, what's going on between us, and it's focusing on him. Uh, so well said, brother. Another way to pray is through intercession. So intercession, the catechism says in 2635, intercession is asking on behalf of another. So it's asking God on behalf of another person, right? So how do we do intercession well? And you could do a whole episode on intercession, to be clear. But intercession as a team, so as a leadership team or as a team within a, an organization, are we praying and asking God to bless the things that are going on around us? You know, maybe you're talking about, Lord, uh, you know, bless the kids in our classroom. You know, asking the whole, asking the Holy Spirit to, 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 to move a hurdle, an obstacle in the way. You know, praying for another group of people, praying for the constituents, the, the, the people you serve in the pews or in the diocese or in the school or whatever it might be. Are you interceding yourselves? Another layer here. Do you have an intercessory prayer team? So I want to specifically say this in the context of, you know, a bishop or priest leading their team. Do you have a regular group of intercessors that you, that you have specifically set up, intentionally set up as a team to pray for the work you're doing, to pray for you individually and collectively as a team, for your families and in your life circumstances. You need, if you don't have that, you need it. You need it. And if you have it and you haven't used it for a while, you need to exercise that muscle. That group is so powerful for you. You can also ask the different religious orders and communities around, around, your, around you to pray for you uniquely, you know, to help move. Maybe you have a, um, a, a really tough preaching series coming up on some hard truths and you know it's going to be thorny and sticky. You're going to get adversity. Ask people to pray for that, you know, the, the, that team, those religious orders, all kinds of people. Get them praying because that's going to bring more of God's grace, more capacity to have you fight through or press into whatever it is you're going through, as well as more conversions, more more people coming to uh, encounter Jesus, you know. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to soak everything in God's power. This intercessory prayer topic is a challenge to our belief in the power of prayer. I remember growing up in my hometown, which I've <laughs> since moved back to in Iron Mountain, Michigan, there's a group of cloistered nuns, Carmelites, beautiful mass. You hear their angelic voices as they sing. But growing up, I was thinking, wow, what a, what a waste of otherwise very able-bodied people. And the power mm. of prayer and what they do and being able to have to know and, and they pray for I lost a brother years ago, my brother Tim, and God rest his soul. But to know the Carmelites are praying for my brother, to know the Carmelites mm -hmm. are praying for our community, it 
challenges your belief in the power of prayer. Often we'll say, oh, you're sick. I'll pray for you. First of all, do we really? And if we do, why do we? Do we truly believe that it has power or not? And if we do, and you as leaders, you as a leader individually, you as leadership teams, are you asking your, if you're leading a parish, your parishioners, to pray for you as a leadership team, for you as leaders, if you're in an apostolate, are you asking the people with whom you serve or the people you serve to pray for you as a leadership team so that you are in fact following the Lord, that you're having the strength, you're having the wisdom, you receive the graces to do what you're supposed to do. And obviously all the angels and saints, that's what makes us special as Catholics, to believe it and have access to all the angels and saints. Uh, Rick, I like your I like your Carmelite testimony there. I, I mean, the difference the difference prayer makes is is actually prayer makes all the difference. And that's the purpose of this episode. Let's keep getting better with prayer. In our past episodes, uh, we we got deep into the third essential principle, which is being docile to the Holy Spirit, recognizing that God has the plan. We talked about three ways to pray. Um, and so what we want to talk about is being even more practical today about how we pray. There's big strategic ways to pray. You as a leader, you as a leadership team, you might look at your biggest, biggest strategic questions. Take it to the Lord. Lord, help us make these decisions. Help us decide on trade-offs as to where our parish is going, our diocese is going, our apostolate is going, where our family is going. And knowing that the Lord has spoken into your questions by itself brings unity. It brings a sense of peace, a sense of calm. And it recognizes that we don't have the answers. There's a humility element of that. So in asking him and then working together and discerning what is he saying to us for the big strategic questions is one way to go. And just briefly, a recap from prior episodes on what we call the three strategic ways to pray. The first is praying like a physician. We're asking the Lord, help us see where we are most sick or where do we need healing? The second way is asking the Lord to help us see the enemy's strategy. Where is the evil one trying to attack us? And the third way is praying as a general. Lord, where are you calling us to attack? And so those are the big the big strategic ways to pray, we think. There are many others, but we find these to be super helpful and have produced great fruit with the leadership teams that we're working. Let me give you a quick example of that. I mentioned it also, but I, it's a great one. Nick, you and I were in Denver, and, and we were working with the leadership team. They are fantastic. They have the habit of praying as a team. They spend time with the Lord, with each other. They do it when they eat together. They do it when they have their meetings and they'll call a session. We need to go ahead and pray. So you and I had been trying to work with them about defining what they call their mission values. And if anybody's ever been in an experience on trying to develop a vision statement, a mission statement, core values, <laughs> it can be a nightmare. We, it could be so time consuming. It could be it could bring out the worst in us. And you and I had been working with them for about a year, and we had basically put off finalizing mission values or getting real clear. And so this was the time where we said, we need to do this. If we don't get it done today, we're not going to do it for another three months when we're back with them. 
And so our agenda started getting pushed, getting pushed, getting pushed. And we only have a couple hours left in the day. And we were leaving on a plane either that evening or the next day. And I recall you and I. Stress, anxiety, higher and higher. Anxiety higher. We're not going to get it done. I've, I've got my very tactical, not listening to the Lord mode on. And, and I remember, okay, here we go. We're going to make it this, this might, I don't think it's going to work. I'm almost ready to give up. And so we, we, we introduced the topic because, okay, we're going to take this to prayer. We're going to take it 30 minutes in the chapel. We really want to take as far as we've been on mission values. I think we even still call them uh, core values at the time. Later it became mission values, but they said, all right, we're going to go for a half hour and then we'll come back. We'll debrief and we'll try to drive to clarity. And then one of the team members says, wait a minute, before we even do that, we don't even know what our core convictions are. And then in my mind, oh, there we go. We blew it. The day's gone. There's no way we're going to get this done. They take that to the chapel for a half hour. They came back in the room and they start sharing. And I'm, I'm the scribe. I'm catching it on flip charts. And one by one, they're sharing something. The, the heads are nodding. The next one sharing, the heads are nodding. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. And it wasn't what's your idea. is what the Lord say to you in that session. Here's what I felt the Lord put on my heart. Here's what I think the Lord said to me. Here's what I'm feeling like the Lord might want us to do. Boom, boom, boom. They got aligned. Nick, you remember? It was somewhat miraculous. They got aligned in 15 minutes. And we scribbled it down. And it was beyond 80-20. It was like this 90%, you know, maybe 10 needs to tweak. And they said, okay, with that, the other beautiful part of that wasn't simply the efficiency. It wasn't simply the alignment. It was the joy they had. It was the joy that they had in seeing, this can't be just me if we're all feeling it. So then they took those convictions, went back for another half hour and said, now let's turn these into what we were going to call mission values and what ultimately became mission values. And again, they came back and it was boom, boom, boom. Here's what I think I heard. What do you think? And as they're sharing, they're listening to each other, recognizing the Holy Spirit still in the room. The Holy Spirit didn't wait back in the chapel. The Holy Spirit came with them and was part of that discussion. Beautiful thing. They nailed it. They were excited. They were convinced this was the work of the Lord, that they listened and they shared and they came to consensus or or at least discerned what the Lord was saying to them. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was an amazing experience. And it was just, it's probably like the most powerful example for us because we were the ones trying to help, you know, facilitate the room a little bit. And so it was so powerful for us to just watch God move. Yeah. You know, and it's not about efficiency, but it was like, in, in two hours, more got done than we could have possibly hoped for in, in like a, a five-hour time slot. Amen. You know, it was awesome. amazing, amazing. Yep. And the joy, the unity. Oh, gosh. So this, this, is, this is key. Strategic prayer, right? Rick's unpacked it really well. Praying in order to know what to do. Could be big decisions. Could be small decisions. And even if you have some really good wisdom and already feel like you know this is probably what the Lord's calling you to, I promise if nothing else, go into it, go into the Lord, talking to him about it, listening to him. If nothing else will give you even more confidence that where you are or what's been revealed or what's being decided with him is going to be the right call. So if you face adversity around a decision and you took it to the Lord and he confirmed it for you, you're going to be confident in the face of adversity. Nope, this is what the Lord called us to do. I'm confident in it. And that's that alone is truly worth it. Okay. 
This next, this next one, we, we want to talk about praying in real-time moments. This is very simple, but very powerful. So we've been articulating this, like these longer prayer times, deeper prayer times, but it can, in, in intercessory prayer and these kinds of things, but prayer can even just be a three-minute, five-minute pause right in the middle of a meeting. Just saying, okay, this is getting really tough. We're stuck or we're in a little bit of a contentious moment, whatever it might be. You can just say, Lord, like team, let's just let's just reinvite the spirit to come back right now. Let's just ask him to come be present to us. Let's let's get back in a mindset that's focused on God and his plan. And so it could just be right now, boom, Holy Spirit come. Show us, show us the heart of the Father for the situation. Or help us, help us, help us hear you, Lord. What are you saying to us right now? We're struggling. And he's gonna come, right? Real time. And Rick, we just we just did this, right? We just had a, a great example of how this works. Yeah. A great illustration for this. We were with a leadership team, and it was the first time that they had ever done a team assessment that was unfiltered feedback on where they were relative to trust, productive conflict, commitment, accountability, focus on results. We were using the table groups, team assessment, the five dysfunctions of a team, and it was sensitive. And in the discussion, as they're looking at, oof, they had their yellows and even a red in their score. And as we work with teams, it doesn't matter where you are. Our focus is let's take it forward. You know, let's even get better. And and yet that sensitivity yeah. was there. And and Nick, and what you're really good at when we're when we're doing something like this, is you're constantly praying. You're constantly thinking about Lord. What are you saying to me now? What are you saying to us now? Where do we take this now? And then what did you do after that? You know, we were there asking, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do with this? Because the team's feeling sensitive and we just want to help them grow. So as we were talking, Brick, and praying together, I think the question the Holy Spirit specifically, we believe the Holy Spirit gave us to ask was, everyone to sit in a moment of prayer, right? So like take basically three minutes, five minutes, reflect on this. And ask, everyone's going to ask the Holy Spirit this question, and this is what we think the Lord revealed. What is one thing I can do right now to become a better teammate to this team? And so everybody said, okay, great. So we took this question, what's one thing I can do right now to become a better teammate? We sat there around the table that we were already sitting in, prayed for about four or five minutes in silence, and then said, okay, what'd you hear? What'd the Lord say? And every single person went around that room sharing from their heart, what they felt the Lord was saying to them, the Holy Spirit was saying to them to become a better teammate. And Rick, I don't know about you, brother, but I'll say for myself, that was one of the more powerful moments of a self-reflection, especially with a new team that I've ever seen. Because it was everybody asking God. So it wasn't about what you think of me or what I think of me. It was about, well, I know I can grow and I know I'm not perfect. So Lord, what do you want me to do? And it was like, I think that was probably better than if we could have even asked each other to say, well, how can I grow and get better? It, it was, was very effective, very powerful. And it was spirit led clearly. And that is something, those of you out there, I, I imagine you're sitting there thinking, wow, we can do that. That is very simple. And yet it and it, yeah. it does expose things. And, and just listening to what each person said, it was different than somebody said, well, I know I need to do this. It was in prayer, mm -hmm. I'm hearing that here's how I can be a better teammate. Very powerful. So the next one, Nick. Um, so those are those real-time moments. So we've got the, kind of the bigger strategic. 
We've got real-time moments. We've talked about taking it to the chapel, taking it in front of the Blessed Sacrament, sitting in your chair, taking a few minutes. What about with uh, prayer ministry? Yes, and, you know, I know you know I love this one. This is a big one. Um, but it's so important for every team to just have a conversation and start thinking about this more intentionally. Maybe you already do it great. That's fantastic, you know. Um, but prayer ministry, first of all, what is that? At a very basic level, prayer ministry is standing before God with another person and asking God to minister to them. Oftentimes, he'll do it through you, right? Because you're the one interceding for them right there. So it's simply it's prayer ministry is standing before God with another person and asking God to minister to them. So this is not a how-to do prayer ministry right now. Again, those are big topics. We want to try and keep these episodes tight for you guys. So prayer ministry is a great act of love. And when you're a leader of a team, you're a pastor, a bishop, maybe you're just a leader, a lay leader of a team, wherever you are, maybe your teammate, we want to we want to encourage you to think about when someone when someone is struggling, right? We want healthy teams. So when a healthy team, someone walks in and is capable of saying, "You guys, I'm having a really tough day right now. Um, I'm str I'm struggling with fill in the blank. Maybe it's home. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's something else." And to be able to just say right there, maybe the situation might provide its opportunity to say, "You know what?" Can we pray with you right now? So are we capable of praying with each other and not just not just saying, we'll pray for you, but to say, can we pray with you? This also is a, um, true for maybe maybe there's a, a retreat coming up and you're a part of a ministry team. You're getting ready to do that, that retreat, getting ready to kind of enter into the activity of the thing that's in front of you. Do you pray with each other? Do you ask, do you ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you with whatever you might need? Could be courage, could be calm, could be peace, could be joy. Whatever it might be, do you pray with each other? Do you do ministry to each other for the sake of being holy, being in the presence of God, getting your mindset right, carrying burdens, whatever it might be? So the point of talking about this is just to say, how are we doing as a team? How are we doing? If we're trying to become a family, that's the ideal, right? How are we doing as a team praying with one another? Because families pray together. Okay. And Nick, as Acts 29, we are not immune from having family issues. And we just went through right. over the last couple of weeks where we weren't clicking. You know, we weren't kind of hitting on all cylinders, if you will. And we had a family discussion as a team in the chapel. And it was a beautiful thing. You know, we, we went through some family discussions and then we, we got together in chapel and asked the question, how are we doing? And having the Blessed Sacrament there and having the discussion, and then staying and praying, it, there was healing, there was clarity as individuals and as a team, and that set the tone for the next couple of days of our offsite, where we just kept building stronger, building stronger, and we are in a really healthy spot right now, and we've gotten stronger. It's almost like that scar tissue on skin that you don't want to get a cut, but then after it heals, it's it's stronger than if you didn't even have the cut. You know, you still have a mark. You remember it. <laughs> might have some might have some scars, but but you come out stronger. So that's another way, just having that family discussion as a team in, in front of in the chapel, perhaps, and then maybe praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Rick, that's a great point. It made me think about just yeah, wanting to share, like, yes, at Acts 29, we, we teach these things, we do these things, we've been witnesses to the power of transformation. All of us are on the journey, none of us do it great all the time. And in fact, there's the, we will be in a meeting at times. And I remember, I remember Father John, I can't remember how 
the exact conversation we were having, but he just said, did we pray about this? And then we're like half hour into like some big dialogue and it's like, uh, you get sheepish going, nope, none of us prayed about this particular thing. So it was like, break, go to the chapel. So, you know, it, all of us are on the journey to get better at it. There's no perfect thing here, but it's about, like you always say, Rick, that Olympic mindset. Help me get even better. Yeah, right I'll, I'll add, so, okay. I'm, I'm, I feel blessed to be part of Acts 29. It is by far the best team, the the best missional family outside of my own family, which is all part of a connection family. But that actually is the best family on mission I've ever been a part of. And yet we have our issues. And you and I have a fantastic partnership and <laughs> how we work. And there are times like we just like about a week ago, we were irritated with each other and we recognized we didn't even pray to kick off our meeting. And when we, when we kicked off today, it set the tone in a very different way. I came in with my mind full of home projects and I was irritated by a bunch of other things. And we said, all right, we're not going to make that mistake again. We prayed, we calmed down. We're not here for me and my, you know, my bricks I need on my chimney. And it's, it's about the mission. And so, uh, you know, we, we're, we're living it as well. So hopefully, hopefully our listeners can appreciate all that. So what are some common challenges? Yeah, amen. Let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, and let me start with one. You know, there, there's a challenge sometimes that when you go into prayer, you know, it's we're, we're praying only for an answer. You know, we've got this laser functional thinking and that laser functional thinking will often blind us from the answer that we didn't expect. We know that the Lord yeah. will answer every prayer. And yet we also know he's not going to answer it the way we're asking him to answer it. We ask the question. Then our job is to mm. be open and listen. It's time with a friend. You think about time with your friend. You know, it's not a transaction. You're not going through a Hardee's drive through I don't know if you have Hardee's down there, but that's big up here. So we've got, you know, you're not going through the drive through to get what you've ordered. You know, you're going in with a relationship. You're asking for some help. You're asking for some clarity. You're there with a friend. You're building a relationship. And then you listen. You need the time with the Lord. So that's that's one challenge is trying to be too focused on, I have a question. I need the answer. Lord, I've only got a few minutes. Give me the answer. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, uh, avoiding that is, is a big deal, especially as you habituate it. It can become a like a, everyone's busy. Everyone's overwhelmed in, in, in ministry oftentimes. And it's like, slow down. We're with the king right now. He's the Lord. He's our friend. And he's here to share uh, insight into what we're asking. So another challenge is uh, a lack of clarity of purpose, you know, for maybe a particular prayer session or, or um, like, you know, what are we praying with? What's the challenge we're facing? So it's just good to spend enough time getting ready to go to prayer. Like, be specific. Is there a specific question we're asking so that we all ask the same question? So we have the same mind on what we're trying to seek answers to. You know, what is the Lord saying to me, us right now? Might be, might be the question. If you're opening a meeting, could be, um, you know, what's the content of that meeting? You know, if we're opening a meeting in prayer, it doesn't mean like, let's just pile every kind of prayer in the meeting. It's to say, hey, this meeting is to talk about, I don't know, the new parking lot. So Lord, give us insight into the challenges we're facing to build this parking lot, to finance it or whatever it might be. So praying with, with a, with a focused prayer toward the, the thing we're about to enter into. And I like the way you described, you had two examples there that it's a specific question, but it doesn't have to be a very narrowly focused question. So the one you used was, what are you saying to us right now? It's a specific question, but it's a broad question or it's the parking lot. 
it's a specific question and it's very targeted. You know, another challenge is just not devoting enough time. You know, we've been with groups and you have to make the call. Sometimes you say, okay, we only have X amount of time left in our, in our meeting. So don't try to wedge in, okay, two minutes to prayer. And by the time you walk into the chapel, you don't even really pray. So you need to devote the time. If it's a big, complicated topic, or if it's a really emotional issue or an issue with the team, take the time you need. And then Rick, that's, that's actually segues right into this few common questions we have, right? So one of the first common questions we hear around this topic is, you know, how do I trust if uh, I'm hearing the Lord or hearing the Lord through my teammate? How do I, how do I trust that? And, and I think, I think, the, I think an answer, at least a part of an answer is two things. One is none of us have this perfect ability to hear God all the time. There's this element of a journey, a process by which we continue to grow and how God's to learn how God speaks to us. He can speak to us through, you know, scripture, images, sometimes a sense or a feeling, uh, an, a thought, a desire. Sometimes uh, he'll give us an image. There's a lot of ways he can speak, but it's a process of part of the journey of discipleship is to learn how he speaks. How does he speak to me? How does he speak to you? So trusting God and trusting you're hearing him is, is, is twofold. It's the process and the journey. And then when you share, so here you picture yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a team. I'm trying to share what I think I just heard maybe in the chapel or in a moment of prayer. I'm not going to say, God just told me. You know, I'm not going to say, um, I know for a fact, because now I'm, now, I'm, now I'm not leaving any room for dialogue. I want to share in a way that leaves it open to discussion. It's a collective discernment, right? So I, I'm going to share in a way that says, I think the Lord might have told me this, or, you know, I don't know for sure if this was me or the, or the Lord, but I this is the image that popped in my mind or the thought I had or the scripture passage that came to mind or the sense I had, you know, this feeling I had. Those are the kinds of comments we should make leading into the way we share. So as to have the humility to offer something, saying I'm not 100% sure, uh, it's up for all of us to discern. And at the same time, it leaves, it keeps me humble enough to know that I don't always get it right. But I, I have, but it, it gives me permission to share without thinking I have to be right. So it can remove the, the the barriers of me feeling insecure about what I think I might be thinking or feeling or sharing from the Lord. And it also removes the barrier of people being able to say, "No, I don't think that doesn't, that doesn't resonate with me," or "I heard something different." So that's that's how you you share and, and you can build trust with one another. Yeah, it is of the most common questions that we get. How do I hear him? You know, how how do I best share? If I'm not sure I heard him and, and it takes practice, it takes, it takes discernment. It takes continual prayer. Lord, is this you, you know, help me be confident. And there are times when you really are confident and you can say that I'm quite confident that this came clearly to me from the Lord. Other times it's, I, I really didn't feel anything. I didn't hear anything. Um, some people get images. I saw this image and, I, and I'm going to share it. And then as others hear it, they might say, wow, I had the same image, or that's the, the message that I was feeling or hearing. And there's times when it truly feels strong. There's times when it's emotional. There's times when you get this warmth. There's times when it might be well up in your eyes. You know, you might start crying about something. It tends to happen to me at times. And I was like, where'd that come from? And uh, and then there's other times where, man, I just, I'm not feeling, didn't say that. I really not, I didn't really sense anything. So, Nick, as we uh, start rounding the final turn here and bring it into the mission challenge, 
there's a quote that I stumbled upon and you and I thought it would be worth sharing with, uh, with our listeners. And it comes from St. Catherine Labore, who is the humble daughter of charity to whom Mary appeared requesting that the miraculous medal be stamped. And, um, and so what St. Catherine said is very pertinent to our podcast today. She said, whenever I go to the chapel, I put myself in the presence of our good Lord. And I say to him, Lord, here I am. Tell me what you would have me do. She was on to say, if he gives me some task, I am content and I thank him. If he gives me nothing, I still thank him, since I do not deserve to receive anything more than that. And then I tell God everything that is in my heart. I tell him about my pains and my joys, and then I listen. If you listen, God will also speak to you. For with the good Lord, you have to both speak and listen. God always speaks to you when you approach him plainly and simply. That is a stamp <laughs> on the power of prayer yeah. and that it's all about relationship. St. Catherine um, said it much better than we would have ever said it. So thank you, St. Catherine. Thank you, Saint for your intercession for all of us listening to this and <laughs> so let's let's talk about the mission challenge. This is a simple mission challenge this week. Um, we're we're inviting you as a leader to just take this in. You know, we, we kind of went through some, if you almost will, bullet points, right? We talked about our personal prayer lives and the need to just think, how am I doing there? You know, have I have I done a self check lately? Have I talked to the Lord about that? Lord, am I praying the way you want me to? Talked about. Praying as a team, right? The team prayer piece, which is what this episode is all about. Do we embrace the sacraments together or do we just kind of allow them to happen by happenstance? Do we have prayer for intercession going on? You know, what's that look like for us? Are we doing that well? How can we grow our intercessory effort? Prayer moves mountains, right? Do we pray strategically? Do we do we pray in order to know what to do over the big decisions we're making, the little decisions we're making? Are we we pray in asking God to reveal his plan to us, or do we simply rely on our human wisdom and skills? We need both in play, to be sure. Do we take real-time moments in our meetings at times to pray together? You know, do we, do we pause for prayer? It's a hard conversation. It's a tough moment. We're stuck. We don't know what to do. Stop right now. Holy Spirit, come show us the plan. Do we do real-time moments of prayer? And then do we have prayer ministry on our team? Are we comfortable with that? Even if it's uncomfortable at first, we got to break through. Do we do we pray with one another in our challenges and our sorrows and our joys before big big events and moments? Um, so the the challenge this week is just to say, take it deeper. We are inviting you as a leader right now to take stock of where you are personally, where you are as a team. If you're a member of a team, how's the team doing? Maybe it's time for some new renewed conversation. You know, take a little couple hours and say, how are we doing in our prayer as a team? And how can we get better and make some plans to do it? The answer to the question in front of you is not a program. The answer to the challenge in front of you is not a program. It is prayer. Prayer is transformative. We're talking about transforming parishes, transformation in the church, transformational leadership. Prayer is the first answer. And so we encourage you to really take Take that in yourself. Say, I'm going to go deeper now. I'm going to trust that prayer really works, and I'm going to press in. For every single one of us, if we want to be better leaders in the church, if we want to be better teams in the church, we need to be better at our prayer. Great mission challenge, Nick. You want to close us in prayer? 
Yeah, let's pray. I mean, we, want to, we want to pray for you as a leader in a special way out there. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we know, so often we know that you are the source of everything, but yet our human frailty keeps us from coming to you in all things. So help us right now, Father, to be your children, dependent, completely dependent on you. Help us to have complete trust and confidence that you have us in your hands, that you want to reveal your plans for us, and that you're not some tricky father trying to hide things, but rather you're a good father who is always offering new revelation for us, learning more about who we are, experiencing your love for us, and seeing the next step in front of us in our personal lives and vocations, in our family lives, in our, in, our, in our secular jobs, and in a particular way in ministry. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now just to come and fill every leader listening to this with a deeper awareness of your invitation to prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray for an increase in desire for everyone listening to this right now, an increase in desire to prayer, to turn to the Father, to seek his plans. Come Holy Spirit. For anybody experiencing obstacles to this right now, thinking, I can't hear the Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will obliterate those lies so that you will remind all of us that we have access to our Father. That is why Jesus came, was to restore us to the Father. Come Holy Spirit. We thank you in advance the plans you're going to reveal to every single person. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Nick. As always, send reflections, any thoughts, any suggestions, anybody out there to the mission guys at x29.org. That's the mission guys at A-C-T-S-X-X-I-X dot O-R-G. And that's it for episode seven. Now go pray.